Welcome to another episode of It Takes a Village. My name is Mark Jen. I'm joined by my co-host, Taryn Foster. What's happening, Taryn? Nothing much. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. If you're listening for the first time, we are um, a podcast of Healing Hands International. We're based out of Nashville, Tennessee, and we're just glad you're listening on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Yeah, thanks for listening to us. So today we have Sean Judge and Chris Middleton joining us. Sean lives here in Madison, Tennessee, and Chris is coming to us all the way from Clarksville. Uh, Chris is a youth minister and a Walk for Water coordinator, and Sean is an avid board gamer and the Walk for Water director. Yeah, Sean's on staff with us here at Healing Hand. So we're a few episodes into season two. And what we want to do and what we have been doing is spotlighting each one of our ministries so that you have a better understanding of just who we are and what we do. So um, last episode, you heard from Gillian Kelly, who talked about our clean water ministry. Mm -hmm. And this is a follow up to that as we talk about Walk for Water and how they tie together. So over the coming episodes, we're going to also talk through Women of Hope and Magi and Disaster Relief, so you can stay tuned for those. Yeah, we hope you stick around for that. So sit back and relax and enjoy our conversation with Sean Judge and Chris Middleton. All right, we're going to welcome Sean Judge onto the podcast. Sean is our director for the Walk for Water ministry, which we're going to learn a lot about today. Sean, welcome to It Takes a Village. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Hey, so we've got a lot we're going to dive into to learn about Walk for Water. And uh, here after a while, we're going to welcome uh, one of your walk coordinators onto the podcast so people can hear just really a testimony from somebody who is... Uh, pouring into this in one of the communities nearby. So, but first, let's just get to know Sean Judge for a minute. Sean, tell us about yourself. I'm originally from Northern Virginia, right outside of Washington, D.C., but when I was in middle school, my family decided to uproot and move to Nashville, Tennessee, and so that's where I call home now. I currently live in Madison, Tennessee, on the north side of Nashville. North side. North side, that's right. We represent uh, my family. I'm blessed to have a wife, Kristen, a son, Michael, who is one and a half years old, and that's just been a joy in our life, and a dog, Ollie. And then the exciting news is, coming in August, we're going to increase our party to four. So we're Party of four. Party of four. Well, if you count Ollie, it's party of five, but yeah. he doesn't get to go to restaurants. So. That's awesome. <laughs> you also uh, volunteer as a, uh, a football coach at your old high school? I serve as a team mentor, or in the Christian world, you say chaplain. Uh, I get to, to work with the guys on Friday night. I wish I could be there more, but I serve different roles to help the coaches. So in essence, I'm a coach, but I'm, not, I'm just there to, to help out. So I do all kinds of various tasks. But the cool thing is building a relationship with the players, giving them an option to talk about Jesus. I think I was thinking the other day, I think I've been doing it for 20 years. Wow. Oh. That is awesome. I was the equipment manager when I was in high school, went off to college at Harding. When I came back, I started helping out on Friday nights, and then they're like, hey, you're a youth minister. Why don't we start doing a Friday Devo before the games? And it became tradition, and 
road, home games, it doesn't matter. We're going to get together and have a little huddle meeting every week. That's awesome. Yeah. Kudos to you. That's great. So um, what about Sean's uh, outside of work? Um, we're going to hear your passion for water here coming up. But just what are some of your interests? What are some of your hobbies, your passions? What do you like to do uh, when you leave here? Well, first and foremost, I love hanging out with my family and watching Michael grow up. That's been fun. Uh, but you say hobbies, board games. Oh, board I love, games. I love I didn't board know that. games. Yeah. So you name it. Uh, I have a group of friends that go to church with me that they get all these cool games. So uh, I love just hanging out with people, uh, whatever that is, whatever we can get into. But I love hockey. I like sports. And uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, other than that, it seems like family and work are, take up a lot of time. So I get some spare time board games. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I had no clue. We've sat around the lunch table so many times, and I just learned something new about Sean. Going back to your to work to your work here, so you've been here for a long time. You're one of the most tenured people on staff, and you've been since 2007. 2007. Okay, so you've had you've had a few hats that you've worn around the office. So tell us about your history here, and just what you do currently, and why you're here today. So I worked in the warehouse from 2007 to 2014 when, uh, and all along I've had a passion to work with youth, to work with people, being a youth minister. I just love being around people. Mm -hmm. And I kept seeking opportunities like, can I, hey, can I go speak at this church? Can I go do this booth? And finally somebody said, one of our vice presidents at the time said, hey, I want to move you into a role where you're going to work with Walk for Water and Magi. So I wasn't, I was able to do both. I was going to go out to churches, do walks, get churches involved with Magi. And so from 14 until 17, I was in that role. And then I moved into my current role, which you guys heard, director of Walk for Water starting in 17. And so I guess it's 15 years of bliss. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Sean's like one of the, I don't know, four or five people who've been here that long. Mm-hmm. That's great. So your first, so your first Walk for Water that you did you met someone special. <laughs> Can you tell us who and the story? So my first walk for water in that role, I told you, Magi slash walk for water. I went to Ohio, just outside of Columbus, and I am all gung-ho. I'm going to sell Magi to this church. They're doing a walk, so I'll have to sell them on a walk. And I'm just going to sell Magi. I'm talking to this gentleman. I'm saying, hey, we do Magi in these countries, and I've, I've got the spill down. And I mentioned Zambia. He says, well, my daughter, she's been to Zambia. You need to talk to her. I said, perfect. I trot on up along the path as we're walking. I'm like, hey, I hear you've been to Zambia. We start talking. Not thinking anything of it. She says, I'll take your business card. I would love to do Magi here. I'm going home thinking, yes, another Magi church. In the background, the coordinator, Jerry Blackwell, is talking with my coworker, Laura Jenkins. And I think a little matchmaking's going on. As I'm leaving, departing at the airport with, with Laura, she said, what do you think of Kristen? I'm like, nice. <laughs> Don't think anything of it. Get back couple emails later I meet her and the rest is history we got married uh a year a little over a year and a half later wow a walk for water love story beautiful that's really I awesome. will put this disclaimer in there my wife said I can't make it a habit of picking up women at walks this is true don't pass out <laughs> any more business cards but uh, that's just such a great story and how God was just you know had you there for a reason and had you there for a bigger reason than just facilitating that walk and just facilitating magi and what a life-changing moment for you that's really cool what a great testimony so we're going to talk about the walk for water ministry um it's been a part of who we are and the fabric of healing hands for a long time so 
uh, tell us uh, how it got started, um, why you're passionate about it. We've had a really cool theme the last couple of years, and it hasn't been easy the last couple of years, but you guys have persevered and, and pushed through. But for those people who are listening who may be hearing about um, Walk for Water for the first time, just, uh, yeah, give us a snapshot of that vision and purpose of Walk for Water. So let's rewind back to 2007. Uh, you've heard the name Joseph Smith, our director of our, of our water program and one of our vice presidents. He had an idea to do this walk. And he's like, we can raise money by doing a walk. And at the time, people were like, I don't know if that'll work. So Joe said, let's do this. So it, HHI actually hosted from 2007 to 2015 here in Middle Tennessee a walk for water, bringing churches around. Well, what happened was, you, as anything happens, word spread, and people were like up in Lincoln Park, Michigan, Troy, Ohio. They were, they were saying, well, we want to do that, but we're nowhere near you. And so they started doing some satellite walks. And in 13, 2013, we said, we're committed to these satellite walks. And we shifted gears, and we started hosting them around the nation, empowering churches, schools to host, and we would be their support system. And since then, it's just taken off to where we are now. You mentioned... The challenges, as we all know, 2020 was quite a change for a lot of people. Uh, being an event that brings people together, we had to pivot a little bit. But in that, we actually got an opportunity to start doing virtual walks. Not something we want to do consistently because part of a walk is being together. It's community. It's outside. But in 2020, we had churches said, look, we want to bring clean water. It's important. And so they said, we will do it. So they walked at their homes or wherever they could go. We had people walking at the beach, in the mountains. They would take pictures of it. We, we sent shirts to the coordinators. Everything was the same except for you had to do it social distancing and with your family unit. But that was really cool. And so 2020, even though we were down in numbers of walks, we actually were very successful in still making an impact with clean water. And so you talk about the theme. So 2020 and 2021, our theme was change the cycle. So the question is, is why change the cycle? How many of you get up every single day and use water and don't think about it? Me. Me. I mean, if you really just think about it right now, what did you use water for this morning? Showering, washing my hands. Restroom, filled up my water bottle. Yeah. Washed yeah. off my apple. Yeah. Yep. Brushed your teeth, I hope. Yeah, brushed my teeth. Yeah. I did do that. Mm, I can't remember it now. No. Did you wash your clothes this week at all? Yes, this morning. Uh, good, this good, week. good. Okay. I will soon. Okay. Don't worry. Now, the other thing is, did you go to the bathroom at all, flush the toilet? Yep, we did. See, we use water, and we don't even think about it. But for people around the world that don't have access to clean water, to water in general, they have to get up and walk to a source. And that could be a long distance. It could be a short distance. But it's a lot farther than any of us walk to the nearest water source. And so we're, we're looking to change that cycle. So we walk. That's what the walkers do, those that participate in walk. We walk to understand what they're doing, kind of raise awareness in our own minds of what the need is, and then our goal is to provide clean water. And then the, as the cycle comes around, it, then it's broken, and there's rejoicing. Now, I'll never forget, I was at a well in Haiti. There's an older, older lady sitting there, and the pump was pumping, and finally water came out. And as soon as it came out, she started in Creole saying, thank you, Jesus, mm -hmm. and she started dancing just out of pure joy. And so our, our, we change the cycle, and it brings excitement and joy. And then ultimately, we give all the glory to God as the arrow is broken, it's pointing upwards. So that's what change the cycle was. Yeah, and talk about the four. The four. Well, that's talk a good about question. The four. When people hear walk for water, they may think it's uh, F-O-R, the word. But it's not. It's the number. 
and uh, there's significance behind that. Uh, tell us about um, the, the name and uh, the four. Well, the four exactly, Mark, is not F-O-R. It's, it's, we are walking four water, but the four represents the, the distance we're going to try to walk, and that is based off of brief studies shown uh, when they did studies that the average person goes 3.7-something miles round trip daily to a source of water. Now, we could have done walk 3.7-something water, but that didn't really catch Not on. Not the same. Rounded yeah. up. So we rounded it up, and, and it makes sense because you're walking for water, and you get the sense. So when you see walk for water, it's going to be walk the number four water. And that always help you remember how far someone walks on an average. We do. We take it for granted in that I walked 20 feet this morning to go access my water. But, you know, some people go six miles or eight miles or 10 miles. Um, and But the average is almost four miles. And that's something that you'll talk about here in a minute when we get into what happens the day of a walk. But tell us a little bit about, I mean, even those people who walk four miles, they're not all going to a clean water source. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, and a lot of times they may be going to a clean water source, but a lot of times they're headed to a river, a lake, uh, any source of water to get. And so they're down there. If you just think about that in general, the struggle of getting water. So we didn't talk about when you walked 20 feet this morning to get your water, how hard was that to get that? You just turned the faucet on, right? You really didn't do a lot of work. But if you think about they got to fill up their containers, which, by the way, their containers can hold gallons of water. You know the, how much the average gallon of water weighs? Anybody know? 40 pounds. Close. Mm. One gallon weighs is eight <laughs> pounds. Five <laughs> gallons is 40. So you've heard that number. Yeah, because a lot of them don't carry one gallon. They right. carry five-gallon buckets or right. five-gallon jugs. So, yeah. True. So I was On their right. heads, too. You were right. On their, On heads, their heads, which we do Often not recommend. Women and, women and children are the ones doing it. Mm -hmm. Yes, and if you think about that, five gallons now go back and think about how much water you used this morning would five gallons cover enough for you and then everybody else in your house i no. imagine your shower was pretty long longer than you thought probably yep yeah flushing that commode watch that water go mm -hmm. run the dishwasher run the washing machine yeah it's just it's amazing how yeah. much water we use yeah it's crazy so walk for water itself is a well-oiled machine so how do you get churches involved how does that happen and how do you get walk for water coordinators and how people register and raise money like how, what does that look like Taryn that's a great question how do we get people involved word of mouth mm -hmm. some of the some of our walks come from other churches that did a walk said hey sometimes it comes from the need people say there's a need out there and they know healing hands does so many good works mm -hmm. and they're involved in so many things and they hear about it through just their connection with healing hands um, sometimes it's just by some advertising, marketing, and people say, hey, wow. So, and then you say, well, how do we get a coordinator? Well, normally a coordinator is someone that has a passion mm -hmm. to make a difference. And, or they, they say, you know what, I can do this. And, and really, in all honesty, a walk is simple in its base form. And they, they realize, hey, we can do this. And so, mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes it's not just a coordinator. It could be coordinators, uh, which means a group of people coming together. Uh, and so then what their goal is, is we don't want them to focus on planning an event that's going to be full of bouncy houses and stages to set up and all this logistical stuff. We want them to focus on getting who they want to come to the walk and really focus on inviting people, 
um, telling them why we're walking, telling them the purpose, telling them how they can get involved, how they can help to bring clean water, whether that's raising awareness, bringing people, or it's donating, fundraising. And so their job, we want them to focus on in the time frame leading up to is simply trying to get the word out there and encouraging people, inviting people to come. The day of the event will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. And let's get into the day of the event here in just a second. But the the majority of all the walks do take place at churches. But if you're listening and um, you have a, a passion for another place, we have schools that do walks. We have corporate walks where businesses um, do walks or maybe other nonprofits. So it's not, um, it's not just for churches, even though that's who primarily does it. So if you're listening and you're thinking, hey, I'd, I'd like to make a difference at my school or my business, uh, you can contact us and learn more. So talk about what happens on the day. So we've talked about, um, you know, how it happens before the walk, but then tell us what happens on the day of the walk. The day of the walk, guess how many miles we're going to walk? Take a guess. Four. Four. Wow, you guys are listening. Let's let's guess four. Uh, Four. We're going to walk four miles or somewhere close to that. And, you know, we say churches host it, but sometimes it's at a park. Sometimes at a high school football field track. Sometimes it's walking through the streets of your town. Uh, We've had some really unique locations. Sometimes we walk down to a river, stop and fill up our jugs and walk back. So we're going to walk four miles. We're going to come together. We're going to check in, get our shirts. Everybody that comes to walk gets a free shirt. There's incentive right there. Why not to come? Oh. And they're they're soft. Yeah. I promise you'll want to wear them. Uh, Love a good shirt. Yeah. They won't go in your drawer and stay there. You will wear them every day, and then come back next year to get your new shirt. I'm actually wearing a Walk for Water shirt today. No As way. am I. I am. Mm-hmm. But I do that every day. So. <laughs> um, but the day of the walk, so we're going to come together. As I said, it's a community event. We're going to walk together. So it's not a race. It's not who can finish their four miles first. Matter of fact, along the way, we'll stop, gather back up, and celebrate the impact we've made so far. We'll look at how much is raised. We'll talk about what that's going to do. And then sometimes, as we like to do as, as Americans, we're going to probably stop and have something afterward, maybe a cookout in some cases. Sometimes we have snacks along the way. just depends on how the host wants to do it. So I was at a walk with you a few weeks ago in McAllen, Texas. It was my first one to be part of. We were delivering Magi, uh, picking up Magi, delivering Magi, and then uh, we had a walk that day. And it was great. We came back after the walk, and we had donuts. <gasps> nice. Very healthy. Yeah, yeah very healthy. healthy. It but, balances out. But it's that's okay. a way to celebrate. It is. Donuts are a great way to celebrate. Yeah, yeah exactly. And and. What was awesome about that is we had people from different churches from the community that came out that morning and in solidarity they walked. And so the walk is simple. Like I said, it's going to take a couple of volunteers to help pass out some shirts, take some pictures, maybe set up some tables, set up some pop-up tents. Mm -hmm. But then we're just going to walk and we're going to we're going to really hone in on the fact that we are trying to understand what it's like, even though this walk will not completely make it understand the need that people have for clean water. But we'll say, you know what? Tomorrow morning, I don't have to get up and walk four miles for my water. And we'll say thank you. So give us the stats about the total amount raised last year, maybe, and the total amount of walks, what's expected this year, over the years. Like, how has that developed? Just give us the numbers. Oh, I love numbers. It's perfect. So last year, 2021, we had 48 events across the nation. Record, yes. It was a record, yes. And uh, the impact of that was there were 87 well sponsorships. And we'll get into that a little bit later about what that means. 87 communities got clean water plus 
multiple more from repairs and things like that. And actually, we did have that was record setting, by the way. And then the total amount raised was over eight hundred thousand dollars, which was definitely a record. So great year. Uh, Some new churches came on. We had some churches. uh, We have three churches that have made it 10 plus years. One just got to their 10th last year. Two of them just celebrated their 13th last year walk. So oh, that's awesome. really cool. And we got some that are getting close to 10 years. So people get involved and they love it and they want to do it again and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talk about what are we looking at this year? Well, more walks. Let's go for it. We, uh, we want to break 50. Let's go for 50. Let's go for 60. Let's see where we can get. Uh, we haven't gotten to all the states. So we've got uh, like 25, 28 states in our history so we still got like 20 something to go so if you're in one of those places like hawaii hint hint we'd love to do a walk <laughs> are out you gonna there. fly down there well you have to fly down there or take yep. a boat so uh, but i will be coming that's my perk as the director of walk for water so <laughs> anyways but we will walk anywhere nebraska california wyoming will come uh and then you talk about well overall well this is a really cool statistic you know there's been 117 different hosts in our history, meaning different, whether it's a school, church. Wow, that's impressive. So we've had 311 walks in our history since 2007. And here's the really cool thing. 352 wells have been sponsored by Walk for Waters. That's 352 communities that have clean water. And each well, we say, will impact roughly 1,200 people. Correct. So when you do that math, um, it's pretty astronomical. And that's not... Because of us or anything special we've done, it's just being a vessel that um, God used to, exactly. to be in the middle. Exactly. But that's something we all can be dancing with. So if you're driving right now or if you're sitting at home, do a little dance because that's we're changing the cycle. Yeah. Or we, and I mean we as HHI, our walks, our donors, and the people on the ground doing the work too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you work really hard. Tell us a little bit about your team who heads up Walk for Water. So we have a team team of three. It's it's Gillian, who you guys heard on the podcast recently, and Caleb, and myself. And then we have other staff that sometimes fill in. We have uh, just a great team, and it's uh, it's a cool job. We are on the road a lot, uh, but that's really cool because we love building relationships with our with our walkers around the nation. Yeah. So you referenced the last episode that we did with Gillian Kelly, and she talked about our water ministry and how we uh, drill and provide clean water across the country. But that has a heavy connection to Walk for Water because you you guys through the events fund a lot of those wells. So talk about how much it is to fund a well. Um, What happens once a well is funded by Walk for Water? And then what does the follow-up look like? Yeah, and so Mark, the the key word that we always say is sponsor a well because it's just like anything else. Not every well is the same price, but our well sponsorship is $7,500. And uh, what's really cool with that is when a walk sponsors that, we get pictures back, we get coordinates back, not addresses. Not, you're not going to look it up on Google Maps and look at First and Second Street, but we look at coordinates. So we get stories back. They tell the impact of how it's blessing their community and how water, clean water, has changed from them from the physical standpoint to the spiritual standpoint to the excitement, the hope. But that comes firsthand from the communities that the Walk for Waters are impacting and so they get connected to that community that they help bring clean water to it's really neat so 7500 is a well sponsorship but then you're saying mark what if or taryn what if we don't get to a well sponsorship well for every 500 dollars, we can repair a well and we believe that that's just as important yeah. as keeping those wells going 
And as we continue on in our, our water program, which I'm sure was mentioned, looking at water committees, and so how can a well be put in place and then be sustainable for years to come if Healing Hands was not to be around? Could that community keep the water flowing? That's what it's all about. Yeah, and that's what people forget about too, is that sometimes they break and there needs to be funds to Sometimes, keep it up. always they break. Everything's designed to break. Yeah. So now we want to welcome Chris Middleton to the podcast. So welcome, Chris. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, he's a Walk for Water coordinator in Clarksville, Tennessee. So, Chris, tell us how you got involved in Walk for Water and how long you've been doing Walk for Water. Sure. So, my experience came from some walks that happened at Lincoln Park in Michigan. So I was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, my entire life, I, well, for the first 37 or 38 years of my life, went to church at Lincoln Park. Uh, had a connection there that kind of brought me closer to Healing Hands International, a gentleman named Ron White. Okay. So a couple, fast forward a, a bunch of years, and my family and I moved in Clarksville, Tennessee, and I'm, we're trying to start our lives over. I'm looking for a new job at that point and trying to find this new direction. And as I'm talking to my wife, um, we wanted to come down and we, we were church shopping. Basically, we we're trying to, for the first time in my life, I was in that role of where do we go to church now? Yeah. And how do we get plugged in? And what does God want for, for my life or our life? And as we were doing that, we were desperately searching for just God, where do you want us to be? How do you want us to be used? While at Lincoln Park, I, I served as a deacon for many years. And so I didn't want to just come back and just jump right back into the same role necessarily. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to be used by God. And sometimes you got to be careful what you ask for. So yes. about a year down here, a, a youth minister had left at Trenton Crossing. And I was approached because uh, we were plugging our kids in to a couple different churches. And they knew I was looking for a job at that point and they said hey would you like to take this over wow and I said no a couple times really I did I did (laughs) it was a it was a part-time position interim position at first okay and then as a couple months went on they were like we really want you to take this over full-time and I said no again (laughs) but here I am over two years two and a half years I've been a youth minister at Trenton Crossing Church of Christ in Clarksville Tennessee awesome and as soon, I w- as soon as I was hired in as a full-time youth minister, the following Monday is when COVID hit. So I had a full-time no. job and no kids. And so it was a quick change of things of what do I do now? Mm-hmm. And I'm not one for sitting around at home. In fact, I really hate being at home. Not that I hate my family or anything like that. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't like to sit around. Yeah, yeah. So Stagnant. being in the house is just mm-hmm. I got to get out of here. Cabin kind fever. Of yeah. Yeah. And, and so in that time, there was a group of ladies at Trenton Crossing that are heavily involved here with Dorcas Ministry and Women of Hope. Mm-hmm. And we had done a Magi box distribution, I think, the year before. And one of the ladies, um, she asked me, hey, let's do this Magi thing again. And so we did that, and we came down. And then I was like, you know what? We need to do a walk. Yeah. We Clarksville's big. There's not a walk going on in Clarksville. We're so close to Nashville. Mm-hmm. And so I started reaching out, and that's how I got connected to Sean. And that was when we were, hey, how do we get this walk going? Yeah, and then you became best buddies. We have kind of talked every day ever since. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of turned into that. And it feels like 
our relationship has gone on for many years, yeah. but really it's only just been over a year that he and I have connected. Wow. But I, I think remember we when met I, at Lincoln Park and we didn't meet. We probably had a walk together up there and we just didn't really connect. Yeah, so in Lincoln Park, I, my family and I went to the walks, but I wasn't the coordinator. Uh, so when I came down as a youth minister, I kind of got into the driver's seat of some things, and that's when we jumped in at that point. So it's obvious, Chris, that you have this, you've really poured a lot into Healing Hands and our organization, and we really appreciate that, going back to your time at Lincoln Park and now at Trenton Crossings. I mean, you were, you're a youth minister full-time, but and but you, it's obvious that you want to serve and you want to bring others alongside you to serve. Mm-hmm. So you wear the hat of a Walk for Water coordinator. You're a Magi coordinator, and even this past week you stepped up and you began helping us with Ukraine. And we've talked about that on the previous podcast and the relief efforts that we're doing in the Ukraine with the Family bu- Bucket Project. Mm-hmm. And so we appreciate that. We thank you. And um, But tell us a little bit about just where that interest comes from and where the heart for uh, that comes from and your passion for just, you know, what we're doing here at Healing Hands. Sure. It comes from a couple different places. Um, with what Healing Hands does is there's logistics involving, uh, there's event coordinating, and there's people and spreading the message of Christ those are probably the keys to my life uh, as I was in Michigan I, I worked logistics jobs international air and ocean domestic for 14 years and that led me into a job where I was working at Ford Motor Company uh, automotive drive events large big auto shows and, and automotive drives across the country found a really big passion for that type of atmosphere and I've kind of brought all that into the youth ministry I wasn't I didn't go to school to be a youth minister and I'm, I'm a father who was just trying to continue to father his kids and get them plugged into places uh, so when it comes to that passion what I saw was how can I, now that I'm in this role as a youth minister, how can I be effective, not just for the kids that I'm ministering to, but where does Christ want me to be? What does he want me to do? And large events is what I like to do. And so having Walk for Water, Magi, it allows you to have a platform to just reach out to people. And it offers you an opportunity to create a place for people to come together. And so that's what I really enjoy. The unity of Christ, people coming together. It, yeah, that, I think that's, I hope that answers that question. Yeah, it does. Okay. No, that's great. That's great. And that, um, that, that's you, that we just really appreciate. It's like a, an opportunity arises and you step up. Yeah. And you get your, not only your youth group involved, you get the church involved, you get, Clarksville Christian School involved, you get the community involved, Mm. and that's really what it's all about. (laughs) Yeah. This week I had a parent call me, and he had had mentioned the things that we were doing, and specifically to the Ukraine project. And he says, you know, it's kind of scary to be around you because your ideas are so big, we don't know how to handle that. And I said, yeah, we should talk to my wife. She gets scared all the time because I've got this new idea about something. But, yeah, there's 
just getting involved. It's, I think about getting involved before I think about how to get involved sometimes. But yeah. yeah, Sean, tell us you got a big smile on your face right now because you have got to know Chris over this past year and you've got to see his heart. And as somebody who pours into it on this end, on staff, you have worked with a lot of volunteers over the years like Chris. And uh, tell us a little bit about what you've seen in him. Well, and Chris is echoes across the board for our Magi coordinators, our walk coordinators. They're so passionate, and that's one of the joys of, of working at Healing Hands is connecting with people. And, and it's beyond just a uh, transaction. Chris and I just don't say, okay, Chris, go host a walk. Give me the money. And it's done. It's a relationship that's built, and it's a friendship, and it's a bond. And, you know, as he was talking right there, and, and so many of our coordinators are like this, is that you see the passion just pour out. And so I couldn't help but smile as he's talking because – what he's saying is not just words out of his mouth. He lives it, and I see it, and those around him see it. And it reminds me of, of why we do what we do here on earth, why Healing Hands exists, is the Jesus model. Mm -hmm. Jesus wanted to help others, and he did that in so many various ways. He built relationships with people, and then after that was formulated and put together, he changed their lives for eternity. And, and Chris has that passion to, to build those relationships to help people and then let Jesus change their lives for eternity. And uh, that's just powerful. It's knowing him, knowing his passion, traveling with him, working with him, eating, doing all kinds of crazy stuff together and, and seeing it. And then Ukraine comes along, and we actually had Trenton Crossing as a place to reach out to, and I didn't even get a chance to text him. He's already like, hey, we want 2,000 buckets. Well, I was like, all right, let's scale it down a little bit. Let's try for 1,000. Uh, so yeah. just really excited, and I appreciate Chris. I appreciate all the relationships of all our coordinators out there. We, we truly do uh, appreciate you all. Yeah. And if you want to be a coordinator, you want that relationship, and you want to have some cool meals with me, <laughs> give us a call. Shameless plug right Shameless there. plug. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So, Chris, tell us about your experience as a coordinator and the impact of in the church, in the community, school. I know Clarksville Christian School does yeah. a walk. Does the church do a walk? How does that look there? So, the uh, – okay, my mind's going a couple different places. Mm -hmm. um, the walks that I was familiar with in Lincoln Park, it was our church, and it really brought the church together in the day of the walk. You're outside. You've got yeah, intergenerational group coming together, and you're doing it for a good cause. You're mm -hmm. laughing. Most days it's beautiful weather. Yeah. But even on those days when it's blistering cold in Michigan or uh, it's raining, it's still fun. Yeah. So uh, coming to Tennessee and doing this community walk, it for me it gives me an opportunity to talk to people. And I, mm -hmm. I like people. It gives me – a reason to go up and approach someone so yeah that experience of finding opportunities of what the what the needs are in the community mm -hmm. there, I, I hear so much more like walk for water is just a means it, it's a means for sending Christ to people but it's also a means for finding what's going on in the community so yeah. as a youth minister how can I fill that other side it, mm -hmm. it really springboards on so many different levels and then I get to know what other people are doing, and I can start connecting other people together for those needs to get met. But it's all in the name of Christ, and you're doing this with Walk for Water, so you know other people in another country are getting a benefit of it. But here, 
as we're doing the work and we're the hands and feet, so to speak, yeah. is what gets said around. Mm-hmm. It really, it's affecting us. It's growing us. Um, brings us together. Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll echo off that. You know, it's the Clarksville Community Walk, and we had we had people that were representative of the city yeah. as a county come out to that walk. County mayor, city mayor. Yeah, and it's truly a community. You've mentioned Clarksville Christian, and they are part of that walk, um, and churches, and and just people from the community broadcasting on the radio. It's hmm. a lot of people think it's just for the host. And sometimes it is, like you said, Lincoln Park is not that they haven't tried, but it's been mainly Lincoln Park. But uh, truly seeing the community and, and the benefit, and I love how he brought that all around. So you you speak better than I do. So good job, Chris. <laughs> Thanks. <Sean. laughs> so Chris, people, as we close out, just people that may be listening that are listening, and they may be thinking, "Hey, this sounds like a great idea. I'm going to consider bringing this to my church, my school, my business." What encouragement would you have for them? As somebody who is uh, pouring into this now, what what would you say to them if they're thinking, hmm, maybe yeah. I want to maybe I want to host a walk for water? It's definitely a, a great opportunity if you want for an opportunity for God to work in your life. Is probably first and foremost. The second is the part of the uh, the mantra or the mission statement of walk for water with aid equip and power that's what they do for people where the help is going to but it specifically helps the coordinators anybody who wants to get involved they aid equip and empower you it really is extremely easy to do Mm -hmm. you just got to be a voice and willing to talk about it the work's already been done healing hands is a proven they've been around for 30 years they you, you know where the money is going to go if money gets collected for the walk because the report comes back, the details come back. There's no question in that. All of the marketing is done for you. You just got to print it, share it on social media, and tell people about it. So it. But through that, there's a lot of empowering that comes into your own life by sharing that message and, and promoting it. So mm-hmm. it, there's nothing scary about it, and especially if you like people. It, it's it's just a great way. Yeah, yeah. And the simplicity of it is just what I love the most. Yeah. It's just so easy. You just get out there and walk. Yeah, you know? yeah. It, the day of the walk, even though it's an event, it really just, it takes over. Mm-hmm. The walk just does itself. Yeah. You get the people together. The people are what make it. And when they see the benefits of where what they are capable of doing for someone else's life, then money pours out of that. There's, there's an, as a coordinator, my job is uh, talking to Sean. Is I'm just trying to get people to register for the walk to get mm-hmm. a free T-shirt. Yeah. So, but along the way, people start understanding more about what the walk is and how it benefits people, and then they want to say, "How else can I help?" And that's when the money comes. So there's really you don't have to go ask for money, although you can. Mm-hmm. But the need is come to the walk. Come out with us. Come share this day with us. Yeah. We want to tell you more about it and experience it. Yeah. And and the actual hands-on part of the walk with carrying the jugs, the halfway point of filling that jug up with water and getting a real experience of, man, that is heavy. Mm-hmm. And we got to go back two more miles to get to the... But going back to the whole, what triggered my thoughts were the podcast itself. It takes a village. Everything in our life takes a village. Mm-hmm. And 
the reason for this community walk is there's things, and we all come from great churches, but there's still a lot of holes that we have in those things. But when we come together, we can fill each other's holes. We can fill each other's holes in the community. Mm-hmm. And we don't know to do that if we don't know each other. The day of the walk, we get to meet someone new. We get to find someone who's really hurting. Last year, we, we met a, a lady whose daughter, her son, had passed away, and she started a foundation for him. And that really just, it opened up in her life, and it poured into us as we were, but that wouldn't have happened yeah. if you're just walking through the mall and you see yeah. each other. But now when you go to this walk and you build relationships, when you go to the mall or you go to a restaurant, you start recognizing people and you, you say hi in a different way. Mm-hmm. So It's such a good connector it, it for is. people. It just, cr- it, maybe if your community feels really big, mm-hmm. this makes it feel more small. It, it makes it feel smaller and mm-hmm. more tangible. And you really feel like you're more effective in the community. Yeah. Because you know what the community needs. Yeah. So That's great. So, Sean, for people who want to get involved, how logistically, how do people do that? Let's keep it simple. Look, you can do three ways. You can call us at our office, 615-832-2000. Call, ask for Sean, ask Mm -hmm. for somebody on the Walk for Our team, and we'll talk and see how it can fit in your community. You can go on the website, walk4water.org, and they'll give all kinds of information. You can see what walks are going on. Maybe even go try one out, test one out in your area. Mm-hmm. And then the last way is you can email me directly, sjudge, J-U-D-G-E, at org, and we can talk about how I could look in your community. And uh, really cool is this year our theme is hopeful. So why don't you find out what that means to fill people with hope through Walk for Water. Well, we really appreciate both of you coming on today. Sean, thanks for walking around the corner and um, coming on to the podcast from your office. And Chris, thanks for coming down to Clarksville. Thanks, Mark. This has been really uh, educational. It's been enlightening. It's been um, encouraging. And what we hope right now, we're in this series of uh, spotlighting all of our different ministries. And um, this just is one of our ministries that uh, so many people are involved in. And you guys have done a great job in describing that and given up, given us a perspective of what it's like to to be part of Walk for Water, but also the impact that it has. So, thank you both for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you all so much Thanks for being here. So, Mark, that was a good episode. I thought that was a really good conversation. You know, we've known Sean for uh, a while since we've been here, but Sean just, it's obvious in interacting with him around the office and uh, just through his job that this is a passion and this is his ministry Yes, that he has helped grow and build over time. And, uh, you know, he doesn't do it by himself. Uh, Gillian's part of that team. Uh, Caleb's part of that team. Joe helps oversee it and provide direction. But um, what I love to hear, you know, I love Sean's, the part of Sean's story of the first walk he went to where he met he his, met, he met his wife Yes, and so how, how ironic, what are the chances and how, uh, God made that happen. But to have Chris on as a, as a testimony and he has been such a good partner with Healing Hands that goes back many years to when he lived in Michigan and he's brought that passion and he's brought that interest here to Middle Tennessee, being a youth minister in Clarksville. And 
um, it's, I mean, as an organization, we're just grateful for mm-hmm. somebody like Chris who is looking for ways to get his youth group and to get his church and community to serve. But I was just really um, encouraged and inspired by how much he is doing for Healing Hands yeah, and all the hats that he wears. Yeah, and his relationships that he builds. He's so – relationship is like a huge thing to Sean, and he's always talking about it. And yeah. his relationship with Chris – is so cool to watch. Like they've, they felt like they've known each other forever, but yeah. they've only known each other for what a year. Yeah. Which I think that's just a huge testimony to how this thing can work and how it can really build relationships and connections and all that good stuff. It's all about relationships. Yes. Yes. So thanks everybody for joining us, uh, for being a part of our community here on it takes a village podcast. So don't forget to subscribe, rate and review and share with a friend. Special thanks to Maeva for creating the original jingle and to Kristen Harper and Grace Boucher who produces this podcast. And in closing out, we want to give a special shout out to our fellow colleague, Scott Saunders. Scott is the director of development here at Healing Hands. He's been here about 11 years and he um, makes it happen with our donors. He creates great relationships over the years. He um, is just a fantastic member of our team. Mm -hmm. And Scott, we appreciate all that you do to make uh, things at Healing Hands happen. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. We love you. Well, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. See ya.